Hi, I'm Brittany Bly. And I'm Anna Marie Newell, and welcome to Pilot Lights. The podcast brought to you by two highly unqualified adults who break down pilot episodes of new and old TV shows. And just so you know, this podcast comes with a permanent spoiler alert. This is Anna Marie, and I am here with Brittany, my favorite host. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing great, Anna Marie. How are you doing? I am doing so well. It's a beautiful day, and it's a uh, it's Super Bowl day. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're having uh, our own like roommate Super Bowl party, but it's just so we can like eat snacks and watch Rihanna and the halftime show. Yeah. And- I invited my friend Jenna. She goes, mm-hmm. what time? I'm a solid maybe. And I said, yeah, to be honest, I don't even know what time the Super Bowl starts. And she goes, same. We're such diehards. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, go sports. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing, aren't you wearing a baseball sweatshirt right now? <laughs> okay. First of all, I'm wearing a twin sweatshirt, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cute. I, I was talking to my, my coworker, who's also from Minnesota, and we... Basically, we're just saying how, like, you just never get your hopes up for any Minnesota sports team because they're always, like, good, but they always let you down. Always. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that's okay. okay. What did you do this week? Anything fun? Um, I don't know. I've just been, like, out and about and doing stuff and working and nothing of note. So <laughs> what about you? Um, yeah, same. It was a really long week at work this week, like just in terms of lots of things. Um, And so by the time Friday came, I was just like completely spent. And so Cammie and Clarissa and I, like the only thing we wanted to do was just like, I was like, I want to go and just eat like garbage food somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We went to Chili's. Chili's. (laughs) I fully support that. But, like, you love chilies. I do. And we definitely, in your honor, like, <gasps> always go and think, like, Anamarie loves chilies. And the reason why, like, one reason, during the pandemic, you would order chilies and we'd pick it up. And they'd give <laughs> us, like, a plastic see-through garbage bag full of chips. No, literally that big. And, like, a tub of salsa. And I was like, yeah. uh, this will last us for a couple hours. <laughs> I am... Um... Yeah, I would always order from Chili's, not because I'm obsessed with Chili's, but because I would always get those emails. Man, their marketing is pretty good. Yeah. And they're like, you get a free appetizer or you get free chips and salsa. And I'm like, we love chips and salsa. <laughs> we do love chips <laughs> yeah. and salsa. Yeah. And then, man, their burgers. Every now and then I'm just like, oh, I want a real, I want a real burger. And then I want a Chili's burger. Yeah, they're. Their fries are real good, too. And their ranch. I mean, also as a Minnesota person, a connoisseur of ranch, you know? (laughs) Their Diet Coke. Like, when you're in the restaurant Mm -hmm. with that weird plastic, like, mug thing (laughs) that is their cup, you know? Oh, Mm -hmm. man. It's like the perfect type of Diet Coke. So, honestly, good job, Chili's. Yeah, okay. I Yeah, I'll agree with that. (laughs) My sister and I used to have, like, a... 
a test for a restaurant, like if they had, like for Applebee's, okay. So you knew it was a good Applebee's if there was a glass cup. If it was a plastic (laughs) cup, it wasn't going to be good. But Chili's doesn't even try with the glass cups. Like, it's great. But it has a handle. It That it does. It's like an A&W root beer I know. know? Well, speaking of uh, Applebee's, I actually went to Applebee's last week Mm -hmm. because my mom wanted to go. She wanted the, like, all-you-can-eat shrimp and wings and ribs or whatever. I don't even know. And then we get there. It is the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. Like, you would think that you could just, like, go in and sit down. And there was literally, like, a 30-minute wait. Because they had two servers because everyone calls off. The manager is cooking in the kitchen. So it's so – it's like the restaurant is empty, but we're still waiting to sit down. Mm -hmm. It took forever to get our food. The ribs were terrible. And, of course, they only have Pepsi products. So – I couldn't even get a good beverage. <laughs> I mean, the the Newells do love a franchise, though. Right? I mean, God, why are people so against... Well, okay, I do understand why people are so against chains and stuff, but also... Sure. But also, why not? Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, yeah. My sister and I uh, tested out in a new restaurant in... Utah, it is a ch- like a franchise, but it's uh-huh. the first one that's in Utah. It's called Mr. and Mrs. Crab Seafood. And it's like <laughs> Cajun-style seafood boils. Oh. So it like comes in a in the garbage clear plastic bag. <laughs> and they literally just like put it on your table and you just eat. So we went, I went with her and her family, and we ordered so much seafood. Wow. But the food was really good. It was really good. So I would definitely highly recommend anybody in the Utah area if you like seafood. Mr. and Mrs. Crab Seafood. Delish. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, let's <laughs> uh, update on food. I like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about our show. All right. I am actually really excited to talk about uh, the show. Today, we will be discussing the pilot episode of the HBO hit The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. So That's, the, It's new. When did it come new. out? It debuted on January 15th of 2023 this year. Okay. And uh, it is based off of like a very beloved critically acclaimed video game for real Mm -hmm. and the video game the first part of it um really was released on june 14th of 2013 and then part two was june 19th 2020 Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like a franchise that people really really like and are really um invested in Mm -hmm. and so when hbo said that they were going to adapt it to a TV show, a lot of people are really excited because, you know, HBO has the budget to do a lot with these kind of things. So, yeah. So, um, The Last of Us is real fun. Uh, Let's read the IMDb. (laughs) Let me look it up. The IMDb uh, catch, like, little synopsis that it says. You know we like to read that. So, after a global pandemic destroys civilization, a hardened survivor takes charge of a 14-year-old girl who may be humanity's last hope. Dun, dun. There's also a tagline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. When you're lost in the darkness, look for the light. I mean, that's so uplifting. It really is. Like, I feel like I had that on a poster 
when I was like 16. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, it's like you'd find it in somebody's house. Live, laugh, love. And then when you're lost in the darkness, look for the light, you know? I wonder if that was the tagline for like the video game too. Oh, that'd be something that I should we have should have looked that. up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> the show is is really interesting. The main writers on the show, I'm just going to name the two. So Neil Druckmann was the video game writer who also has like helped adapt the TV series. And Craig Maz- Mazin is a TV show writer. So they've kind of written the show, adapted it. They've changed some things, which is really good. Um, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like neither you nor I are video game people. Nope. Um, but my brother-in-law very much is a video mm. game person. Okay. And my my younger brother is very much a video game person. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about my conversation with my brother-in-law, Mike. Another cool thing um, that I will probably also cut out, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it, is that the composer, you know how I love music and you know yeah. how I love like scores and movie scores. Um, well, apparently the composer for the video game also did the music for the TV show. I saw that in the trivia. You know, there's a trivia section on IMDb. Oh, gosh. It's really long. my favorite section. I know. We should have gone through that part. We'll maybe pause it and look through it. (laughs) Okay. So here's the main cast of this show. So our main character is um, Joel Miller, who is played by Pedro Pascal. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about Pedro, Anna Marie? (sighs) I just have to say he's... It's nice to watch him. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. <laughs> and then we have um, the other main character for the show, Ellie Williams, who plays the 14 year old that, you know, Joel ends up taking care of. Uh, and she's played by Bella Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So I know Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones. And actually, Pedro Pascal and yeah. Bella Ramsey were both in Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And then we also have, um, I'm going to name Sarah Miller, who is Joel's daughter. So we only see her in the very beginning of the sh- the episode, and she's played by Nico Parker. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Tommy Miller, who's Joel's younger brother, and he's played by Gabriel Luna. Um, so we're introduced really to Joel, Tommy, and Sarah at the beginning, and then Ellie, and then we have Tess Servopolos. <laughs> it's like a Polish name, I think. Why well, it's like Greek. Okay. Um, but she's played by Anna Torv. Do you know Anna Torv? No. Should I? Um, I don't know. Anna Torv was in uh, one of my also favorite. I mean, I know I say one of my favorite shows all the time. Yeah. Um, but she played in Fringe. She played oh. Olivia in Fringe. Um, okay. Across from Joshua Jackson. <laughs> which we all know that you love some JJ. I do. I do love him a lot. <laughs> and then we have um, Marlene, who's played by Meryl Dandridge. And fun fact, Meryl Dandridge voiced the Marlene in the video game. Oh, that's cool. I really like when franchises like this are yeah. have overlap. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and she's the only actor that did, which is really cool. Hmm. So that's basically our cast. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have anything you want to add to that? There's a lot of like people in and out. And honestly, what I'll say through about the show is like every episode, you kind of have new people introduced and you're like, wait, Nick Offerman, right? Mm -hmm. Like, wait, Melanie Linsky, like what the hell? And so it's just random people that you're like, 
didn't realize that they were a part of it. But each episode kind of is just like a different chapter of this overarching story. Hmm. Yeah, I would say um, I didn't recognize like really any of these actors because I think, you know, they're in shows that I don't watch. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, there's like so many people. Um, yeah, and as I'm like looking through the IMDb list of people, it's like, oh, I know that guy, but oh, he wasn't in the first episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it seems, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll talk about this when we get to the acting ratings, but mm-hmm. there it's a, it's a good cast. Yeah. Good actors for this show. Yeah, I think so too. I, I just, I think what I like about this is I saw a couple previews, but I also had never heard of the video game because, mm-hmm. again, <laughs> video games are for nerds. Nerds. <laughs> um, just kidding. They're not. Uh, they're for rich people. Anyways. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> also kidding. Um, anyways, but I love the idea of like zombie apocalypse slash a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> you kind love of- that? I love those storylines. Oh my gosh. I love disaster movies. I love like, I find it like really uh, interesting. And I also think, you know, we lived through something semi very scary that felt very similar to mm-hmm. some of the parts of this show, you know, not that long ago. So <laughs> or are still living through it in a way. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, that's basically it. Um, do you want to get in? Should we get into the plot a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the episode actually opens, I think, in a very interesting way. And so I did talk with my brother-in-law about the opening. And he said the first like 15 minutes of the show is like basically scene for scene, dialogue for dialogue, the same as the video game opening. Hmm. That's so interesting. We start out with a speech about a viral outbreak and pandemics in the 60s. This very beginning part, we have two epidemiologists kind of sitting on a talk show talking to, did you recognize the host? Yeah, it's the guy from the internship. Oh, I recognize him as Big Head from Silicon Valley. Okay, yes, but I saw the internship first. (laughs) Okay, so... Anyways, they have this interesting conversation about epidemiology and how, like, you know, pandemics have happened forever. And one of the doctors, who is the guy that the brother in uh, The Mummy, <laughs> which I, I was like, who is that guy? And we had just watched Mummy, um, basically says, like, he's not afraid of viruses. He's mm-hmm. more afraid of fungus and how there's this type of fungus that overtakes a host and basically zombifies them and they're like well that can't happen to humans and he goes well yeah it's too hot for them to survive in a human host yeah but then he goes but the real thing that's scary is that if the you know temperature of the earth rises just a little bit then Mm -hmm. this fungus can adapt and that it will uh eventually could be something that happens is that they you know can find human hosts (laughs) and uh it's a scary prospect and one that forms the basis of this show right Mm -hmm. well funny enough i i feel like last week i don't know what i was watching or who i was talking to in real life but i was having a very similar conversation with like a real person Mm -hmm. but it was about viruses i was like what the heck i'm like watching the same (laughs) i'm watching a conversation about a conversation that i had like last week so oh that's funny 
It's very real and scary. Yeah. So the next scene that we see, uh, the storyline jumps to September 26th of 20 of 2003. I almost said 2003, but nobody said that in 2003 <laughs> because I was a senior in high school at this time. Oh. We're introduced to Joel, uh, our main character, and his daughter, Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's Joel's birthday. She's making breakfast for him. His younger brother comes to the house. And basically, this is kind of the beginning of this whole storyline. Um, there's little rumblings on the news of some, like, you know, unrest in different parts of the world. And there's lots of sirens. And eventually, at some point, you know, it's his birthday. She goes into town with a watch to get it fixed up. And the shop owner's like, you need to go back home. You need to leave. She doesn't really know what's going on. So basically, this first like 15 minutes of the show is kind of from Sarah's perspective. Mm-hmm. So they have neighbors. And the neighbors, like, uh, you know, are wanting Sarah to come over. Joel's a single dad. They're like, oh, we miss Sarah. We miss having her come over. They take care of their, you know, ailing grandmother who's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And Sarah goes over in the afternoon to help bake cookies. Okay. Seemingly, like, just like a normal day. But there's a point at this. Did you catch this? When she's looking at the DVDs where there's, like, a little bit of a shot behind her and the grandmother is sitting in the... Uh, wheelchair and she starts like twitching did you catch that part well I did catch that because also earlier when she was at school she was riding and uh, there was like this flash of light that was like you're like flickering in her eye yeah and it's like where's that coming from and it was coming from you know the sunlight shining on somebody's bracelet that you know how that kind of casts things and this student their hand was shaking and at first I was like what is that student doing like why are they trying to irritate her and I I was like no I noticed that and I was like oh so maybe something's going on and it has to do with like twitching and like not controlling your muscles and stuff so then I noticed the older lady doing that and I was like oh here we go Wow, I did not. I've watched the episode now twice, and I did not catch that. I just thought she was, like, flicking her book because, you know, I do stuff like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, no, that's a really good catch. Uh-huh. So things go downhill really quickly in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel finally comes home. We find out, like, through uh, – again, they don't, like, tell you straight up, but, like, he's a vet. He was in Desert Storm. Yeah. There's, like, a sticker on the back of his truck. He and his mm-hmm. brother are work hard labor. They do construction or whatever, and he's like, I'll be home late. Yeah. So she, you know, is at home. Sarah's at home. Her dad comes home finally. And at one point she like takes a DVD from her neighbor and asks to borrow it. And I don't know the significance of that. And maybe there's not any significance. Did we notice what movie it was? No, no. Okay. It's just bizarre. Like, I feel like that's just like a random fact. So they're watching the movie. His brother calls him and she's sleeping and he says, hey, I got, you know, I'm in jail. I need you to come pick me up. So he puts Sarah to bed. So that's Tommy? That's Tommy. So Tommy's in jail and he's like, I need you to bail me out. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden we are again with Sarah and this point of view, we hear uh, bombs exploding and we hear like very loud noises. And remember, this is like post- 9-11 right so this is like within a few years of 9-11 where we were very aware of like uh, the middle east and we were very aware of terrorism Terrorism. Mm -hmm. and so she uh wakes up she's looking for her dad he's not there and the neighbor's dog comes to the door and so she's like i gotta take the dog back which come on (laughs) 
I would never do that. Well, it's like in the middle of the night and yeah. there's there's it's craziness going on. Yeah. And then there's this dog freaking out. So yeah. yeah, she eventually she goes back to the neighbor's house and then I think she's like walking in. It looks like yeah, the like rug was yeah in the entryway was kind of messed up. So it's some sort of like disturbance, you know? And then she yeah. goes in. Oh my gosh, there's trigger warning. There is blood everywhere. Yeah. And the the man, was it the husband or like He's the like the son? Son-in-law or something. Yeah. Yeah. He is it is blood everywhere. And he's like still kind of conscious and he's like, help me to Sarah. And then eventually, oh my gosh. I can't even talk so about gross. it. So he sees the older lady like on top of I guess maybe her daughter. Yeah. I don't know. And like eat like sucking her blood like almost eating her and then the old lady who was like im like immobile you know previously she is has all this energy and strength and she literally like chases after sarah with this almost like superhuman strength yeah so sarah runs out of the house and joel at that exact moment you Mm -hmm. know she's getting chased by nana (laughs) and at that exact moment joel and tommy like pull up in the truck and he's like get in the truck And this old woman like runs after them and he hits her, you know, with a wrench and she dies. They get in the car and you just see, oh, it's so scary. I always love the beginning parts of these kind of stories because it's like, wait, how did this happen? What would I do? And um, it's just they're driving through the city and they just keep coming on these like barriers and everything and people are trying to get them to stop to help them and they're like nope Mm -hmm. we got to keep going and joel like very much knows what to do in like a combat kind of situation right so Mm -hmm. kind of him and his brother both are like military and they're like nope got to keep going but the whole time sarah's like dad we have to like they can ride in the back like she's like trying to you know appease oh anyways this i think is the most crazy part is like planes start falling out of the sky at some point like a plane falls but during this we see people running we also see like these infected people like attacking other people Mm -hmm. and and so it's just this like you know I'm thinking like World War Z and (laughs) you know uh the quiet quiet place like all these things where you're like randomly just see these like beginning parts of these scary stories and so um What's next? Oh, so she hurts her ankle. He carries her Mm -hmm. and they come up on like the soldier Mm -hmm. and he's holding his daughter and he's like, we're not infected. And then the soldier here is like, no, you know, he's like talking to his, you know, whatever. On the He's talking to someone on his little radio, getting instruction. Yeah. Saying like, oh, I have these people. One is injured. It's her ankle. And then it's like, you don't hear anything. And it's like, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And you could tell he just got orders to essentially... Kill them. them. Yeah. And so he starts shooting at them and it hits. um, It hits both of them. Yeah. 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 And then Tommy, they got separated at one point. Tommy, as the the soldier like is about to like kill Joel, Tommy shoots him. Mm -hmm. And so then like the most heart wrenching scene of the Mm -hmm. whole episode, uh, he hears his daughter gasping and, you know, they go through all of this crazy stuff. He saves her, he protects her. And in the end, like she still gets shot by, you know, this soldier, which yeah. I think sets up like an interesting premise that like maybe in 
what I think like within the show, like what is the actual, and that's always the case in these like, like 28 days later, it's always the case. Is it the zombies that are actually the bad people or is it like people who survive? Right. And so they end up getting, you know, she ends up getting shot by the soldier and she dies. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of that opening scene. And I guess, like I said, that's like scene for scene. I don't want to spend tons of time on the second part because it's, it's long. I wanted to go into detail within that first part because I think it sets up the whole series as like who Joel is as a person and why he becomes so hardened, like, and why he becomes so calloused. And when he meets Ellie, he's very closed off. So the next we're jumped to the year 2023. So it's 20 Mm -hmm. years later. Um, and we've in Boston and we've seen now like, and I almost kind of got vibes of like hunger games from this. Yes. Did you get that too? Like when they're like going, going through the market and like they're working to buy money and there's basically like the government's collapse and they have this new government that's called FEDRA and they take over these quarantine zones Mm -hmm. and there's like lots of rules and is that what QZ stands for? Yeah, quarantine zone. Quarantine zone. And so you have Fedra, and then you also have the Fireflies. So the Fireflies are like the rebellion, as always in all of these shows. There's always some sort of rebellion mm-hmm. group, and they're going against Fedra. So we're introduced to Tess during this part of the story. So Joel is, you know, working odd in jobs, but he's trying to get like a battery because he wants to go find his brother. So he's trying to get a car battery. Mm. And that's kind of the plot for this whole first part of this episode because his okay. brother and him have been separated. Um, and so we meet Tess. I don't know what we want to say about that part. Um, and I, I didn't understand. She was like, was she being held hostage? Yeah. So the guy that was like got her was making a deal with them, but also with Marlene, I think, to get a vehicle to get across. I don't know. And (laughs) this, basically, we're also introduced. So Tess and Joel have some sort of relationship. um, And so they like smuggle stuff and get it to the soldiers and it's corrupt and everything. But we're introduced at this point to Ellie. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's- girl chained up and she's like swearing and she's a funny character to me. I actually really love Ellie. She's spunky. She's, she's really spunky. (laughs) Um, and we're introduced to Marlene who has this kind of like secret about Ellie that Mm. you find out that she's been bitten and they want to get her to the West somewhere Mm -hmm. to a place where they can like come up with a cure because she was bitten and she didn't become infected. So she's somehow immune to these infected Mm. people and the fungus okay fungi so the guy double crosses everyone marlene gets shot there's a bunch of people shot um (laughs) the battery is no good Uh and somehow marlene says i need you and tess to take this girl to the west like you got to take them take her to this place where they'll take her the rest of the way and you'll get your battery and you can go get your brother Mm mm-hmm So I think the most poignant part of this, they like begrudgingly agree. They take this kid. They don't know that she's been bitten. They don't know that she's been infected. And as they're getting ready to like leave this QZ, the quarantine zone, um, a soldier stops them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I need to test to see, like he tests all of them, you know, to see if they're infected. Joel's comes back that he's not infected. Tess comes back that she's not infected. And then Ellie's turns up red. When the soldier was 
scanning her neck or whatever f- to see if she was infected, she stabbed him with that knife oh, that's that she right. yeah. kept. And then it was like, what the heck? So then that's how she kind of got away. I think Joel ended up beating the crap out of well, the he guy. Kills, he beats the life okay. out of him. <laughs> the life out of him. And then that's when Tess sees the oh, that's right. scanner thing and it's red. Yeah. And then that's when Ellie's like, I'm not sick. And then she shows her f- her forearm and you see, you can kind of see, what do you call that? It's like kind a bite. Of like a scar. The- yeah. yeah. Um, and you can see it just on the forearm, but she's like, it's been like this for months, even though it usually like doesn't stay that way after yeah. a day. So yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Joel sets it pretty quickly. Like he'll do whatever he can to like help his family. So in the end he sees, I don't think in this moment he sees Ellie as family, but I think it's a bit of like a flashback to Sarah where he couldn't save Sarah. So then he, you know, kills this soldier and, um, yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of the pilot episode, right? That's it. The end. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, they like crossed through this, fence and then you just kind of see them like wandering away and there's a sign that's like a fedra sign and it says you know infected area like don't go in there and then it right before the credits or whatever it's a depeche mode song (laughs) which is interesting because there's this little moment when the three of them are like getting ready to leave and they're in this apartment or something kind of i guess resting up or whatever before they leave and what was it? Um, Ellie found this book, this like, you know, billboard top 100 songs and artists and all this stuff. And she's like, what is this? And so she's flipping through it. And then there's this paper just in, like randomly in there. And it said, what is it? It said like 60s, 70s, and then 80s. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I forgot what it said next to them. But 80s was had like a an X or something. So there's, you don't know this in this episode, but like they communicate with people outside of the QZ zone using these different types of music. So like the sixties means like it's good to cross or like Mm seventies means like, Hey, I've got supplies I need or whatever. And then eighties is supposed to be like trouble. Well, and because so Joel had like fallen asleep at one point and then he was woken up by Ellie saying there was a song playing or something and he's like Mm -hmm. well what was it and she said uh wake me up before you go go and he was like shit and she's like oh so 80s means it's bad yeah so she like tricked him but then at the very end of the episode Depeche Mode yeah so that's a bad like omen you know so I thought that was really interesting I kind of liked that um theme that they had yeah so that's kind of our pilot episode <laughs> i i i think it's a solid start to an episode um to the series yeah to the series definitely uh-huh. um it plays a lot like a movie so that i think it is does. really cool and so it's almost to me like each episode's just like a different chapter of this story yeah. which makes sense because that's how video games are right it's yeah. a good it's a good start for a show like this i think all right should we talk about reviews yeah Reviews and ratings. Reviews and ratings. All right. So, (laughs) listeners, get ready. Because these are probably some of our highest reviews that I've seen on a lot of our shows. Okay. Um, IMDb 
our the overall score is 9.2. Ooh. Episode 1 is 9.2. Okay. So it's it's high. Um, yeah. like I like I said, I think a lot of this is attributed attributed to the fact that a lot of people really like the video game. The game. And so they were looking forward to it. And yeah, it's it's pretty pretty high. Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes critic uh reviews at 97%. Wow. And the average audience is 91%. Dang, that is so- in huge contrast to l- our last episode. <laughs> Six percent for Velma. Well, it's not too far off from your review of last episode. <laughs> JK, JK. Um, so yeah, so like you can see, like those are some high reviews. Obviously, like I looked on like the review geek, and mm-hmm. a lot of people are basically saying like the TV show does a really good job playing tribute to this video game. So here's my <laughs> thought, right? I was talking to my brother-in-law who is like very obviously like into this game. He really likes it and he loves the show. Mm -hmm. He says that the things that they've done um, that they've changed are things that are for the better. So like little things like in the game, it's an airborne disease. Like Mm. it's through spores in the show. They didn't do that because it was going to be really difficult to like explain it. And it's kind of tricky. There's this episode three, the relationship between two characters Um, He says that the video game does a horrible job like setting that up, but in the show they do such a beautiful job and they change it a little bit so that it's like a little bit more heartwarming Mm. um, as opposed to what it actually was. I am, I'm kind of like this kind of person. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Like, I think when a show is like beat for beat, the exact same as something, Mm -hmm. I can't, like, sometimes I really love that, you know, like. I hate when things were changed in Harry Potter, right? Like, as I read it, I'm like, Ugh, sure. that whole last scene was a waste of my time. But there's <laughs> some things that were changed that I thought were really nice, you know? Yeah. I didn't play the video game, so I don't know if that's something that would bother me, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> what comes to mind is, like, uh, a Broadway show that's sure. based off of a movie. So, you know, The Lion King or whatever. Um, Disney's The Lion King uh, on Broadway versus the animated mm-hmm. cartoon one from 1994, mm-hmm. not the newer one. Um, and sometimes it's like, wow, it's like fascinating and great. And other times it's like, well, that song wasn't in there. And so sometimes I feel I like it and sometimes I don't like it because it's like you revere that first thing. So for you as Harry Potter books... And for some people, it's the the Last of Us game. Um, so I don't know. I guess it's a uh, teach their own. Yeah, and I think this other article on GameSpot, which makes sense that it, that would be where we were oh, finding yeah, some definitely. of these. But it says history of video game adaptations is littered with abject disasters at worst and lovable family movies at best. The Last of Us proves this is a beautiful and gut wrenching story, regardless of the medium. While it's a notch below both the heights of the incredible original game and HBO's illustrious best efforts, make no mistake, The Last of Us on HBO feels like the beginning of a new era for live action video game adaptations. Mm. So I think that's really cool. Um, Just this idea that like maybe this opens up a new genre of like, I don't play video games and maybe, um, again, least qualified people to talk about like (laughs) video games in general. Like the only video game that I ever played that was like storyline based was like 007. Okay. (laughs) Like, that's it. 
And it was okay. on easy mode because I wasn't good at it. But like, that's a story, right? But, you know, <laughs> people play these games that have like characters and heartbreak and like yeah. things that you don't know about. And I think that's mm-hmm. really, well, there was an, an interesting there was an... form of entertainment that I'm not. Right. You know? There's a movie that recently came out. Okay. Recently last year, Uncharted. That's also yeah. based off of a yeah, video yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of others because that review that you read from GameStop was like, you know, the other ones they've done. I'm like, what other movies are based off of video games? Like Laura Croft. Laura Croft. Oh. Croft. Um, what was the other one they were talking about? Well, I, I know, know there's like a Zelda one coming out or there's <laughs> Super crazy. Mario Brothers is coming out. But I feel like people aren't going to be as critical <laughs> when yeah. it comes to like an animated Chris Pratt, you know, Luigi oh. or whatever. <laughs> Mario. Mario. Is he Mario? Yeah. <laughs> Why did I say Luigi first? So this this article, I actually really like this one. It says, um, it doesn't take long, even in the first episode, for the series to show a willingness to pivot in order to fit the story's new format. There are mm. things that only the video game can do like put players in the boots of Joel, but there are things also unique to television and the last of us shines brightest when it recognizes and leans into these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Again, like I told you, if, if listen, if none of you watch this show, maybe you watch the first episode and you're like, yeah, it's not for me. I highly recommend watching episode three. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a standalone. It's a beautiful story. It's just like really touching. And I just think it to me, I think that what I like about this show is there's little parts and we don't get that in the pilot as much, but like there's little parts of it that build in some hope where you're Mm -hmm. like, and and in this episode there is right. Like this Mm -hmm. girl gets bit and she's not infected. And so that's always like this idea that there's somebody who's, you know, immune to the disease, like becoming a cure. Mm -hmm. And to me, like that lends to some like excitement, you know? Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is like, the opening sequence, we we like touched on this a little bit when I talked about how I was watching the show a few weeks ago, but like yeah. the opening sequence is like kind of triggering, right? Because of we, what we went through yeah, two like, years, three years ago. Collectively as a society, I feel like we've had these, like this really traumatic time where we didn't know how like how bad COVID was. And like, we didn't know the mortality rate or like the likelihood before there was a vaccine, Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, if I get it, what if I get the bad version that is long COVID? Or what if I like never get my smell back? What if I die? Like, it's such a scary, I don't know. To me, it's just like such a, it was a little bit triggering. (laughs) I don't know if you felt that Oh, exactly. I mean, luckily, it has not gotten to the the state of, course, yeah. of the show. And um, like I was even thinking, well, hey, do you remember? It was Friday, March 13th, mm-hmm. 2020. Because mm-hmm. I remember that day, one, Friday the 13th. But also that's when like our school was like, oh, we're going to take a two-week break. Two yep. weeks, my yep. – yeah. And we, the four of us, sat down – for dinner and we're like hey let's watch a movie and we watch we watch contagion contagion why did we do that i don't know but it was that was so scary and i mean do you remember that time when like there were was no toilet paper in stores because 
what that's what everyone needs during a pandemic. And and there was like, I mean, even years later, there was like baby formula shortage, which is very scary. Yeah. For families who have so yeah, it was it was hard to watch. Um the show was very interesting though, because it happened so quickly. Yeah. And I I mean in some respects, it kind of happened very quickly to maybe us in yeah. California, America. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then for other people in like other areas of the world or other areas of the country, they didn't see the feel those impacts as much. Like we were living in the county in California, the first county to close. Yep. So and literally quarantine, like have a curfew, like we couldn't leave. Yeah. And that was like one of the first in yeah. the country, maybe yeah. besides like New York. No, City I think or we, something. Yeah. 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 So, hey, everyone, like <laughs> we've experienced it longer than a lot of other people had. Yeah. Um, And that it was scary. It was. Yeah, it was kind of hard to watch and very sad to watch when I. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think like. I don't know. I remember there was one day where Cammie and I went on a walk around our neighborhood because we both were, <laughs> I think I was homesick at that point. Cause remember I couldn't go into work because I was sick. Mm-hmm. And so I like didn't work for like a week before they made us work from home. And that was like such a, a weird thing. Cause they hadn't had us do any of that before. Yeah. And I remember we were walking around the neighborhood and I just kept, we were talking about like, Oh my gosh, what if like, literally nothing ever goes back to how it was, you know? And like, what if like the government does go under and what if like little Mm -hmm. things happen that we like, how quickly I realized like how unprepared I was for as like a single woman in her thirties, like how unprepared I was to Mm -hmm. support myself for longer than two days. Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, another thing that we clearly see in this show, um, that I feel like we also experienced, but to a much lesser degree is uh-huh. how political yeah. it gets. And, and like the amount of what's the word, the amount of um intervention that the government uh-huh. like uses or forces us to do certain things or takes control or whatever. Like that's a scary thing. So I know. And of course, um, people have very different viewpoints and and perspectives, but stuff happened in our country and it's still going on. Yeah. That have to do with like politics and certain sides and all that stuff because yeah. of our pandemic and everything else that happens in our world. Of course. That's so sad and scary. It is scary. And I, yeah, it is scary. It's just the overall, I hate that idea, but also at the <laughs> same time, we had this conversation at dinner last night, like, my sister was like, I would not want to survive like this kind of pandemic. Like I would not want to live in a post like world. (laughs) Yeah. But like, (laughs) she was like, but I'm also very crafty. So I probably would be alive. (laughs) And I thought about it and I was like, I like to think I'm resourceful. And there's certain things like I always say like, Hey, this person would be on my like zombie apocalypse team. Yeah. uh Like, and specific people I know in my life have like different roles qualities and traits you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. I have not taken the time or put in the effort to make a list Mm. uh of like like that for myself so I have no idea yeah well 
You're definitely the person in my group who uh, tells funny stories and and stuff. So you need so. me around. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. I don't know what my role is. I often have, like, so this is, like, what's so crazy is I No, have, you, you are very resourceful. Okay, do you remember? I feel like this is one of the first times that you and I ever really bonded. Mm. It was like you had moved into our house and we needed to change a light bulb in our oh, kitchen. Yeah. And I ha- and it's like we- how tall were our ceilings? They were like so tall. 10 f- 12 14, I don't know. They feet were not tall. <laughs> yeah, they were like yeah. It was crazy. And so we had that like you know, broom handle with a little thing uh, attached to it that you can like go and it like pops around <laughs> it pops around the light bulb and it turns or something was yeah. it that and then but it like wasn't working yeah and we didn't really have a ladder or anything that got us up that high so you <laughs> climbed up onto the kitchen counter and you were <laughs> like trying to unscrew it but it wasn't unscrewing and I don't even remember but the whole time you're like I'm a bligh this is what we call a bligh pass and <laughs> Okay, that's that is true. We do have ways of like, but that's different than like, you know, surviving. That's like, you know, well, I don't I'm, know. It's like MacGyver. Yeah, that's true. But like a bypass like consists of like duct taping your side view mirror onto the side of your car so it doesn't fall off. Yeah, you know? like the red and green show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. But I I often have like zombie true zombie apocalypse like dreams. <gasps> where oh, in so the sorry. dream I'm like in in the like I'm not scared and I'm like leading stuff I'm like where is cool. this coming from I know but it's still a dream and then I wake up and I'm like <gasps> okay there's no zombies I'm good dang yeah, my dreams so, are complete opposite of yours I know, I know it's just like my dreams are so real that I wake up and I go to school and it's like wait didn't you say that? It's like <laughs> my dreams are about teaching, and actually, sometimes I have nightmares about um being a server at a restaurant. But yeah, that's because it's post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, I think. That's <laughs> okay, okay. Sh- should we talk about our ratings? Yes. All right, I want you to go first. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Um, so we go acting, soundtrack, or like music or whatever script, and then makes me want to watch it more. So acting. I give it a five out of five, five flames. Mm. I already said the cast is great, even though I don't know them, you know, specifically to, to things that I've watched, but the acting is great. Like they really come across, um, like how the character should. So it's, um, it's good. Even the kids, like even the child yeah. actors, like they're yeah. good. Soundtrack. Um, I gave a four out of five. I feel like there were some songs and background sounds that were noticeable, but like adding to the the scene. And there were other times where I'm like, is there anything going on? I already mentioned I loved the ending with like Depeche Mode, 1980s band, because of what we know the 80s music means in this show. So I really, I liked that. Script. Um, I gave it a, <laughs> I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Interesting. And this goes back to, I know I mentioned this on another show and I forget what, what pilot we were watching, 
but it's it's so hard for me to follow shows like this that mm-hmm. where it's like go 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 and they're using new words and names and like acronyms that I don't know what's going on and I also don't care enough to like learn about yeah and they're like did you did you talk to to so and so and I'm like who is that and it's like I don't care enough and so for me it was like too much in a short amount of time even though it was an hour and 20 minutes um that it was hard for me to follow but that's me okay yeah um makes me want to watch it more you ready yeah out of five flames it's gonna be like zero go negative 10 no way seriously no i'm not kidding i i honestly was like kind of annoyed that i had to watch this whole thing for an hour and 20 minutes okay it is it is not my type of show at all i it to me also we have not even mentioned some of these things are so gross to me that I can't even watch it. Like when they do the theme song at the very beginning with and the, it shows like fungi and yeah. things like growing. I I get goosebumps. My tripophobia is like triggered <laughs> and I it's like I almost it's like I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> Watching these things and then at one point Joel and Tess go somewhere and they see this like was it a human body that was yeah. attached to the wall essentially like overgrown with this mm-hmm. fun- it looked like kind of like a tree but out of fungus and I was like I feel like I'm going to throw up so <laughs> I just I'm not kidding like I, I know I yeah, know. I can't watch these shows I hate when people die I really don't like zombie movies and this <laughs> was a movie so <laughs> there we go um, I'll be nice and overall give it a 2.5 out of 5. Oof. But that's that's me. And I – but that it's like I know that real people who are not Anna Marie would love this show. And clearly, like, the reviews are great. I know you're going to say complete opposite things of me. But for, yeah. for me, yeah, I will not be going back. And if <laughs> anyone asks me about this show, I'm going to say you need to watch it yourself because they're not going to like my <laughs> – my opinions about it so there we go I think it's fair and also like I knew going (laughs) into this episode that this is not your type of show and this is not even like like severance was not your type of show but I knew you would be interested enough to like keep watching it do you know what I I mean yeah that's like a psychological thriller to me this is scary yeah and it's gross and I I can't jive with those things so yeah Mm -hmm. okay well, I think I just crossed off mentally like four different shows that I thought maybe we would look at, but we're not going to now. I mean, okay. I do it. I I sacrifice my own um, enjoyment and pleasure for just, the sake of our podcast. I love this. And I just want to remind everybody that you gave Velma 3.75. <laughs> That's all. It wasn't necessarily gross to look at. <laughs> Okay. You know what? I think it's fair. And also, we've talked about this. Okay. We have a very distinct Venn diagram. There's a lot of stuff in the middle, but there's a lot of things on the outside like that you love that I don't like and that I love that you definitely don't like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, This is one of them. So I'll give my ratings now. I would agree with you. I think the acting in this show is like top notch. I think, I believe, like even the beginning with Joel and the shift in his character, like he's still a broken person at the very beginning with his mm-hmm. daughter. Like he still is like 
kind of cold and kind of like guarded and clearly like going through some stuff. And then you just see this shift in him 20 years later where he's older and he's still like had a rough life and it's just been really tough, but he's still like misses his daughter. Like there's just a lot that goes in with us. Mm-hmm. So five out of five, I think that the casting is really good in the show. I, the first time I saw this, I really liked the soundtrack. Um, the, the music, the score of it, I think is really, really well done. And then I noticed little pieces put in that <laughs> put me at the first where I was like four out of five, like it's nothing different. It's not like quite, but then like in 2003 when they're (laughs) eating breakfast and Dido is playing on Mm -hmm. the radio. And if anybody listened to the Roswell episode, honestly, (laughs) Dido is one of my favorites. So I, I think that the, the soundtrack and as the series develops, like just that little peek at the end with Depeche mode, like the series has like, different songs that are put in. I'm going to give it a five out of five as well. I think okay. it's really well done. Um, okay. The, so the script for the pilot episode, the beginning is definitely for me, that first like 20 minutes mm-hmm. is so good. Like I was at the edge of my seat. Like I found it riveting. I was just like wanting to know what was going to happen to these characters. And then it sort of like slows down in that second half of the pilot episode mm-hmm. where I kind of get what you're saying where it's like, I don't understand like who's, yeah, who are they talking about? What are they trying to get? Um, and maybe if I, I played the video game, I'd be like, oh yeah, I know exactly what this is, you know? <laughs> but I would say that for the first episode, the script is probably like, it's hard for me because the first half is definitely five out of five. The second half I would say is four. So let's just say 4.5 to me. Sure. Okay. Um, makes me want to watch it more is a five. I know that, I I am giving this extreme because I do like these kind of shows. Like I watched Walking Dead for quite a while until I didn't, until I hated it. But I like (laughs) these kind of shows. 28 Days Later is one of my favorite movies. Like I like that. I like it. And so for me, I want to watch it every week. I look forward to it. I've been Mm -hmm. watching it week by week. So I'm going to say five out of five for that as well. So my overall score for this first pilot episode is definitely going to be something along the lines of like 4.8 um to 5 but let's say yeah 4.8 because i think it gets better (laughs) but overall again like it's okay that we have everybody has different tastes there's Mm going to people be people who listen to us who are going to agree with honor and be like yeah that's not my thing Mm -hmm. and there's going to be people who agree with me and say that's one of the best shows i've seen in a few years yeah and that's okay that's that's part of entertainment that's part of like that's showbiz baby (laughs) you know what i did learn from watching this what um that i have absolutely no idea what video games are like because (laughs) i thought i'm sorry i thought video games are like you i mean i know there's like shooting ones or whatever which i am not about but like mario brothers it's like okay i'm just gonna like hop and jump and get a mushroom like that's fun to me and then it's like how in the world is this a video game like i don't get that do, so characters like make it's a story choices or yeah. what is the but well, how do you just, play it i don't know that's a whole other that's a whole different episode yeah, it's just, you just follow the storyline and yeah but it, then is you to different things you have to fight different things off like so i guess but if you're playing is that could it be different than someone else playing no i think it's the same storyline so no okay so it's just like it's almost like a movie that you are kind of a part of yeah well, all right. Cool. Okay. 
All right. Well, so the Last of Us uh, listeners, for anybody who wants to watch, which I would recommend giving it a shot on your own, um, unless you really don't like scary stuff and zombie stuff, then don't watch it. But if you're curious about it, I would give it a shot. It's on HBO. That first episode's pretty long, but the the other ones after it kind of taper off in the length. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, HBO, HBO Max comes out on Sundays. Every episode, there's 10 episodes for the first season. And yeah, we're five episodes in as of today. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Do we do people anticipate a lot more seasons? I it's like so, how yeah. long can they go? Uh, I think they can go for a while. I don't know if season one's going to be part one of the video game, and then season two is going to be part two. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think part two there's like a jump in time. So how much of a jump can there be? Because I mean, it's already twenty twenty three. Yeah. Anyways, okay. All right. Well, thanks for watching that. That yeah. was again viewers' choice or listeners' choice. Yep, yep, yep. We had that on our poll. So there we go. You guys should follow us on Instagram at pilotlights.podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also on Facebook, just Pilot Lights, and you'll see our little our little TV logo thingy. Um, and, you know, we obviously post about our shows, and then we sometimes put questions up or polls or things like that. And so we would love some more engagement. Yeah, engagement, guys. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, share us with your friends and um, people who might be interested in all the the morsels of wisdom that we have to share. Yeah. There's a lot of morsels. Um, the <laughs> other thing is you can rate us on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can write reviews if you want to. Uh, we have two reviews written. Um, thank you, mm-hmm. Gigglebox and Melanie Ann. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. means a lot to us so anyways okay what are we doing next week Henri? all right next week uh we're gonna switch up our genre and we are going to do the it crowd <gasps> oh that's a good one yes so that's a british sitcom and you can watch it on netflix mm-hmm. the it crowd or it looks like the it crowd um depending on how you read it so you can either watch it before or just listen to us and um it should be a huge contrast a very big contrast to this show yeah Yeah. so i'm excited for that me too awesome all right well thanks for listening thanks for listening we'll talk to you later (laughs) we'll see you next week Bye. bye bye Guess what this week is, though, before we move on? Valentine's. Oh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's. I don't want to talk about it. Let's keep going. (laughs) Brittany, will you be my Valentine? Obviously. (laughs) 